your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, like that guy just said. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. I should turn that on so that I can read your texts. So you can make fun of me and tell me how awful I am. Or positive text. You could send positive text if you want. I <laughs> uh, did get made fun of yesterday, and then I didn't recall why I was being made fun of. And then four minutes later, I was like, oh, yeah, I screwed up. Good call. I, I, I appreciate it. Especially when I don't remember. Because I retain information uh, when it comes to my screwing up very minimally. It says It's a sports habit. When you play sports and you screw up, you just forget about it. You kind of like, all right, yeah, that's screwed up. I don't need coach to yell at me. What are you doing? It was a terrible turnover. I, I got it. I, I turned it over. <laughs> I understand that. It was. In, in hindsight, throwing the ball to the other team was not my intention. And I look back on that thing that happened four minutes ago now, coach, and I see that I was wrong. And I don't need you to remind me. I don't need to be yelled at anymore. I understand. Also, I I turned it over, so I get it. <laughs> always a funny, always a funny way to coach is when you're just completely just yelling at your players for for screwing up. And maybe when they're when they're young, they don't understand. I don't know. I, I feel like it's not very constructive. Uh, I I saw this post. The other day, and we can get, we can get into to some of the politics of the COVID nineteen package proposed by the legislature yesterday. That we'll get a vote on Thursday, and we could talk about what else. Oh, there is an eleventh candidate for mayor. We have eleven now, and the deadline was eight minutes ago. So I'm guessing that they updated this, and full stop. No more candidates for mayor. You're too late. If you're trying to get on the ballot, it is too late uh so we can get into that a little bit uh, as the show comes on and i did talk to lacrosse police captain jason melby i almost forgot like oh yeah i had this whole thing with melby i i talked to him and i just i talked to him like 45 minutes ago he he now nah, it was about an hour and a half ago uh time flies when you're having fun. So I talked to him. He gets out of the, uh, he gets, leaves the police station, you know, those, those higher up police officers. Yeah. They leave at about four o'clock. Their day is done. They're punching out. I don't know if they're punching in and out, but he did talk to me about this story that, uh, is pretty awesome about an officer and it's about a theft at Walgreens in town. Uh, but it has, it has some good tones to it. So kind of, and very random. So we could talk about that too, but, uh, after my conversation with Melby, so we clue you in on what's going to happen. Cool radio tease there. You can listen. Stay tuned for six minutes, six, seven minutes from now. You can listen to the interview. Melby will inform you uh, all the things that happen. But what I want to get into quick here is uh, the WIAA shared a post. So the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association, right? High school sports the entity that runs Wisconsin's high school sports. They shared a post, and it's clearly an advertisement from for Quick, for quick Trip or vice versa, um, just about, like, spaghetti dinners. The, the other day was National Sp- – yesterday was National Spaghetti Day. Uh, and no, if anyone know, knew that, it was National Spaghetti Day. So I'm sorry if you didn't have spaghetti. And uh, I, I missed out, too. Why didn't I, I – I, 
didn't have spaghetti either on National Spaghetti Day. So, but it just reminded me from a time in high school. And tell me if if this was also your high school experience for those of you that that played any sports. So before basketball games and football games to some degree, but it was a thing we did before basketball games. One of my friends lived right across the road from the school, and the the moms that lived in town all all went over and and made the entire team spaghetti dinner right right after school the day before a home game. So school would get out and we'd head over to uh, Dave's house. And and we'd pig out on spaghetti. Like we probably we'd probably be four 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 o'clock before we started eating. And and you know how high school kids are, right? Like for for those of you that we've all been high school kids at one point, and then we probably a lot of you have high school kids. Uh, they're gonna eat anything and everything, and until they're completely full. And and for anyone that's eating spaghetti, you know you could eat it fast and you won't get full. But if you eat it slowly, it'll fill you up the way noodles work, right? Uh, so before high school basketball games, we would pig out on spaghetti. And I bet I had three, four plates of spaghetti before around four o'clock and probably done at like five, right? It takes probably eat for an hour. Um, first of all, we would we would be wearing our basketball warm-ups. So, uh, you know, not our jerseys or anything, but the warm-ups. So we, I don't know if we, I don't remember if I had the, the warm-up pants on. We had like swoosh pants is what we called them then. And at one point, one year, we had different stuff each year. So, yeah, we did. We'd had little Hortonville polar bear logo, and we had the swoosh pants, The you know, when you walk. You know what I mean. Uh, and then we had we had just a white T-shirt that just I, – I feel like it had my name on it. I can't remember. But it just said Hortonville basketball, whatever. It's a game day shirt. We wore that before, you know, while we were doing layup lines and stuff before the bas- right before the game. But they were white T-shirts, and the pants were black, but whatever. Um, so of course, when we're eating spaghetti, it, was, it never failed. You always, you always splashed spaghetti as you got it out of the, out of the, you know, pan or whatever the, you always splash some of it and it always got on your shirt or you would just completely dump it off out of your mouth or off your fork onto your warm up shirt. Never failed. One of any, one of my teammates, multiple usually would, would have giant spaghetti stains on their t-shirt. And then that's our warm up t-shirt. You can't not wear it. So, uh, Every every game before we're we're warming up and and Corey or myself or or any of my friends uh, from high school that were on the team would have a, a giant spaghetti stain on their T-shirt and if that's not bad enough the the idea that we were eating giant spaghetti dinners like an hour and a half before basketball games to quote unquote carb up is is super fun and the the WIA shares that it's National Spaghetti Day in a in an ad it looks like on their Facebook page with Quick Trip. Uh, Quick Trip, you know, selling like, like meals. You can just get meals at Quick Trip. Now I'm doing an ad for Quick Trip, um, but but the idea that that the WIA is sort of promoting eating spaghetti right before, like you know, for, for to fuel up for for sports, uh, but it doesn't work that way. Like later, like I think way later in, into our you know, like as we get learn more about food, like oh yeah, we were eating spaghetti to fuel up for a basketball game when it takes like a day, it takes like 12 hours to, to digest the spaghetti dinner, if not longer, uh, high school kid, you know, eight, 12 hours to just for that, those carbs to, to, to do anything for you. Also spaghetti dinner, not doing anything for somebody playing, uh, in a, in a high, in an hour long, two hour long high school basketball game. The idea that we need to carb up on tons of spaghetti to get ready for a basketball team, basketball game doesn't, doesn't quite work like that. So, uh, just complete buffoonery by us in high school, and I I propose I pose this on Facebook for for all my friends from high school. Is just I wonder what our home record was 
in basketball games based on the fact that we were all bloated and sick from eating way too much spaghetti because it was unlimited spaghetti, meatballs, you know, all the, everything. Moms did it right, right? Our moms did it right. They didn't know any better, uh, but they did it right in terms of feeding us. And uh, I just wonder what our home record was versus our away record when it came to uh, how we felt during the game. Because I bet our, our, our road record was a lot better because we weren't carved up, quote unquote, carved up on spaghetti and and just bloated and sick trying to play a basketball game. If anybody tries to, uh, you know, do that now as an adult, it just doesn't work. You can't eat a bunch of spaghetti and then turn around and and, and go. Uh, and I did get some some great comments from friends. Uh, a couple of them said that they they ate cheese curds before the game. That's that that was one of the girls on the girls team. They were eating cheese curds before the game, and another girl said. Uh, their pre-sports meal was pizza and Mountain Dew from, of course, Quick Trip, of course. Uh, and I don't know if it was Mountain Dew per se. It could have been like that Mountain Mist that Quick Trip sells. I'm not sure. Uh, back in the day when high school kids were buying, going to Quick Trip and just grabbing a couple of slices of pizza and some cheap Mountain Dew. Anyway, okay, that's my that's my reminiscing story. Is I, I it's just a fond memory of of how how silly we were in high school and just didn't know any better with food. But all right, when we come back. Lacrosse Police Captain Jason Melby is going to tell us about a feel-good story from the police starting off 2021 with some feel-good. Also, the bodega, the bodega beater-upper guy that didn't want to wear a mask in bodega and beat up a bartender. He's got a little bit on that as well. Uh, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now is Lacrosse Police Captain Jason Melby. Just I, I, I brought him on because I want to talk about you know 2021. Let's start the year off with some feel good stories. Uh, you guys posted this yesterday, I believe, on the Facebook page, and, and it's a pretty awesome story about a. I don't know if he's a rookie cop, um, but he's younger. And I actually don't. You, you didn't put his first name. Put your, put the first name in the post, Melby. What are you doing, uh, Officer <laughs> Gelming? But you could tell me his first name, and and maybe if you want to just quick recap. Uh, the story the best you can without all the boring details just get to the cool details that that uh officer gelming was was uh you know involved in here well sure i mean officer gelming was uh sent connor connor is his first <laughs> name um connor was sent to uh walgreens on west avenue for a basically a theft complaint um and when he gets there he he deals with management and talks with management, and they determine that they aren't going to charge the individual. And um, they determines that she was hiding a glove and uh, a set of gloves and a hat inside of her coat. Um, and it was all sitting down on the ground in front of them. And as they finish up the paperwork, because uh, if you steal from Walgreens, they don't want you to come back. And they finished up some paperwork for that. And uh, he asked her, he goes, well, why were you stealing these? And she says, I don't have any. And he reached down, picked them up, said, I'll buy them, and walks up to the register and pays for them for her and gives them to her. You know, and he says, you know, there's resources in place to uh, help people like you, and you just can't steal. And he goes, you know, um, here, I'll buy these. And, you know, from the aspect of what you can teach an officer to do, um, you can't teach compassion. You can't teach empathy. And that's one of these things that uh, is just an inherent trait with people that you hope they bring to the streets with them when they start working. Um, and you guys posted how much the gloves cost, around 10 bucks. And did, did was there anything in the report? I know you posted the report, but maybe you doctored a little bit. Anything in the report where he's like, hey, I'll buy these for you. And then she was like, well, if we're going to do that, can we buy these, this set over here a little bit warmer? <laughs> <laughs> no, there, were, there, were, there was no attempt to upgrade the uh, gloves and hat. Um, and quite honestly, no, that's a totally unedited um, 
version from the supervisor because when they do the audit, they do just a synopsis of the incidents that they review, and they get submitted to the captain um, so that the captain's aware of the type of progress that our new officers are making. And when we went to put this post out, we're like, you know, this supervisor's account of this is really tells the story the best. There's no reason for me to try to reword all this. Our supervisor is watching this video and documenting it the way he sees it, and that's kind of an unedited, unvarnished version of what some of our supervisors do and how they felt about it, too. They just thought it was amazing that he did it. Yeah, and it's a, a totally random. You kind of do a random body cam check. How how many how long has uh, Jelming been on the force? Um, we hired Connor uh, just about a little under two years ago, and then we put him through the recruit academy. And his probationary period technically started in uh, December of uh, 2019. So he's his street time. He's just over a year, I believe. Now, Dahl's got a uh, Ford Mustang Shelby GT500 on Alaska. It's uh, $80,000. If you caught me stealing that, but I really need a new car, Melby, uh, what are we going to, are we going to, any leeway there? Are you going to charge me? Well, that's where we would call the assistant chief because he makes more money than me, and he would help you out. He would just buy that for you. Yeah, obviously, and in on Alaska, <laughs> too. So it's a little out of your jurisdiction, I understand. Um, yeah, this is a really cool story, you guys, and totally random. Like you do a random body cam check, your 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 supervisor's kind of like, wait, what? What just happened? They probably, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe we should do more. Maybe we should we require uh, the the rest of the police to to uh, to to look at this and hey, this is what you guys got to do. I don't know. It's kind of like out of out of uh, not in the their line of duty, I suppose, so to speak, but. Uh, it's just totally random. Like it's it's pretty amazing. You just kind of stumble on this. Otherwise, you would have never known. It's not like Gelman came up and said, "Hey, by the way, I bought some gloves for a person in need today." No, he didn't come into the back to the police department and and say, "Hey, look at what I did today." Um, he didn't, you know, wear it with a badge of honor. And quite honestly, um, in speaking with him, he's a little uh, taken back by the 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 attention that it's getting. He did it because it felt like the right thing to do. Um, and we have officers do a lot of little things out there because it feels like the right thing to do. And this is just one where it got caught on body cam. It got uh, randomly picked up in an audit, uh, a body cam video audit. And it, it just really speaks volumes about some of the young officers we've hired at our department uh, and their commitment to our community. And... Um yeah, I don't know. Do you do you have to do you do anything special for this guy? Do you give him do you give him ten bucks at least to reimburse him for the money? <laughs> I, you know, that's something that we hadn't even talked about. We we were just like in we, we were looking at this and we're like, this is just such a good story about how our one of our officers is doing the job. And we shared the story. We none of us had talked about whether there was a ten dollars to be had to be given back to Officer Jelming. <laughs> I feel like this should start like a competition amongst the police to who can who can help the community the the best to get the most attention uh, out of these uh, you know okay not just rookies it could be the you yeah. veterans too what are you gonna do what are you gonna do to one up this guy Melby? Well, I tell you what, you know, if it's just our officers out there treating our citizens right, um, we're not worried about one upping each other. We're just happy to make sure that our staff are being polite and showing some compassion when compassion needs to be shown. Now you've been you've been with Lacrosse Police for how long? Uh, twenty seven years. Twenty seven years. Uh, I, I, this can't be the the greatest story you've ever seen 
uh, in the history. Do you have any other uh, other stories like this that have stuck out? It, I mean, they don't have to be exactly like this, but just anything that's just like, wow, I can't believe uh, one of our officers did that, or I can believe it. You know, maybe you can believe that stuff. No, there's been several things over the years that I've, I mean, I've been a part of and have seen our staff do. There are things that our staff does every year that, you know, they're a little bit more orchestrated, that, you know, the Toys for Tots and, and a, uh, a drive for that, you know, fundraising for Special Olympics. We've had it where we've had victims of crimes not have money to have, like, a broken window fixed. And we've all chipped in money to help pay to get the window fixed. But nothing so impromptu as like this retail theft that we are looking at with Connor. Yeah, this is a pretty random, and then you guys stumble upon it randomly. It's 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 an amazing it's an amazing story in in that he doesn't say anything, and you guys stumble upon it because it happened December sixth. So it's not like it just happened. It happened literally a month ago. So uh, it's yeah, it's very cool. I, I mean, it's just cool to see young officers doing really good things. Um, and, and in that regard, you know, there's it's it's cold out. There's a pandemic. People are probably stealing. Have you have you noticed that people stealing more just maybe out of necessity as opposed to greed? You know, I have I can't really speak to that. I'm not really sure if I've got anything that I could say definitively one way or another. Okay, because I I feel like that's you know I I, and I don't have numbers to back it up, but I, I read about that a lot. Is just. I read some weird stuff too. So if you catch someone stealing, you know, you know, something like food or gloves, stuff like that, don't say anything because they're probably, you know, really in need of of those objects. And here we have an officer not allowing the stealing to happen, but you know, kind of righting the wrong a little bit. Um, from from one from a feel good story to to one that's a little bit, I don't. Well, it's it's good that we we've caught this guy, but I'm just uh, a great transition here. Um, I think it was last week at the bodega, a, a man was in there. He kind of got behind the bar. They had a, a fight over masks, of course. And uh, the guy got behind the bar and, and ended up, you know, getting in a fight with the bartender or, or beating up a bartender there. Um, you've actually caught this guy. How, how did that How did that go down? You know, that's, uh, you know, the story itself is bad. Um, but from a law enforcement aspect, um, anytime the community comes forward and helps us, uh, solve a crime like this and uh, deal with it. We're very appreciative, and we see that as a, as a good sign of a healthy relationship between us and our community. And that's exactly what happened in this case: is uh, citizens' tips basically led us to who this individual was. And um, you know, you, you really wish the incident didn't happen. But when we work with our community and we ask for help, our community usually responds, and that's always a good thing for us. Yeah, and this guy ends up being from Rochester, so he's not. He, you haven't, quote unquote, caught him yet, but he, you, you know who he is, and and you can probably kind of, kind of track him down now eventually, maybe with the the help of the Rochester police or something. Well, we we've, we've spoken with the individual on the phone. Oh, okay. um, we are going to be pressing charges. Uh, charges are going to get referred to the district attorney's office on this case. So, I mean, we've already had contact with them, and it's all for the most part. Uh, taken care of until the DA's office uh, proceeds with the actual charging. Okay. Um, any other any other feel goods or, or stories you wish to share? <laughs> I know you've been on vacation, so maybe maybe you're you're just catching up. You know, I tell you what. Um, coming out of the gates here in uh, 2021, um, and being able to share this information about uh, counter jailing and and, um, and seeing the community's response to it is just. Uh, starting off on the right foot for us in 2021. 
Sure. All right, that's Captain Jason Melby with the La Crosse Police Department. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks, Rick. Have a great day. You too. All right, we'll be back with more after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. 608-785-7914. You want to text? You want to call in? Libertarian guy's mad at me because I recorded that interview. But I told you I recorded it. He watches on Facebook Live. If you want to watch on Facebook Live. And it kind of looks like a kung fu movie then when I'm in here talking to myself. But my, you're listening to the show, so it looks like I'm talking but the uh the english overlay is a little off right from the the uh other language that it's in kung fu movie bruce lee movie remember doing that i was as a kid i used to to do that like run my mouth really fast and then and then talk i guess you'd have to see it it's hard to explain uh 608-785-7914 a couple of updates on on just where we're at with school board city council and and mayor candidates uh, we've we've hit the deadline. Five o'clock was the deadline for that stuff. So we kind of know. I'm pretty sure we know who's in and who's out now. Maybe they update that page tomorrow or something if, if there's maybe some last-minute finagling. Obviously, they're 36 minutes past the deadline. So uh, they very well could could be changing changing some things as, as we hit here. But it looks like now, I said earlier that we have, um, let me see here, candidates for spring election. There we go. Uh, I said earlier we have 11 candidates, but it appears that Paul Michael Weber is going to be off the list of mayoral candidates because according to the the sheet on the city's page, and maybe they update this and maybe Paul's back on, but campaign finance statement and nomination papers aren't checked off here. None of the, none, neither is valid signatures for any of the candidates. So maybe we don't have any candidates because the uh, valid signatures aren't checked, but we'll see. We'll see. They probably update that. We'll have to give uh, the city clerk a, a call tomorrow. We don't need to bug her after five, right? Although she's probably in there working right now, and um, see who's exactly. But the the other races here, and, and maybe just maybe more important, maybe just as important in terms of just where you live if you're in Lacrosse. Uh, we do have two candidates for most of the seven city council seats that are up for election. Except Chris Woodard in District 9, as uh, nobody's going against him. So if somebody wants to run in District 9, they'd have to run a pretty good writing campaign, I suppose, which isn't, isn't out of the question. We've had to do, we've had, we've talked about writing campaigns. I mean, the, the Alaska mayor at one point did a writing campaign at one because he forgot to do the whole nomination papers process on time, which is kind of funny. The incumbent mayor didn't get his papers in on time. I mean, maybe we should have made more, made more fun of that when it happened. Uh, it's kind of funny. And we've had that with school board. The nomination papers don't get And then, you know, a school board, it might, if, you, if you're if you going door to door and, and letting people know, I think it, it, you don't have to get that many votes because we tend to not show up for these elections for whatever reason, even though they're the most important. It'd be nice if we had more candidates for all, for all these city council seats, I would assume. Uh, I don't live in the cross, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe you don't want. Maybe you. Maybe you like two. Two is enough. I'll have to get to know these people, right? How do you get to know these people? You have to go hunt them down, call them up, see what they're they're about. If you want to vote for them, uh, libertarian guy texting in. He's never mad at me. Uh, 
I don't know about that. Mad is, I like to say mad. I like to say mad and yelled at. You yelled at me or you mad at me? Uh, just just because it's funnier, like the idea of somebody yelling at somebody nowadays. Um, but school board, there's six. There's three seats open, and we. Uh, it looks like we officially have six candidates for school board. Brad Korberg is the only incumbent that's rerunning, I guess, running as an incumbent. Um, and then we have five other candidates, Gretchen Paquette, Annie Bauman, Martha Linville, Robert Abraham, and Craig Brownwell. So those are the six candidates running for three seats for school board. And that means we don't need a primary. We don't need we don't need two elections for that. We're just going to have one election for school board and the top three will get it. And then obviously we have 10 candidates for mayor. We're trying to set up a, with 10 candidates. It'll be interesting. We're trying to set up some high, some kind of debate and UWL's Dr. Anthony Trigoski said he'd help us moderate if we wanted. Uh, we'll have to figure out the logistics of that. We're going to do it over zoom. Hopefully the, at the end of the month here, and we might do we might be doing two separate debates and splitting the candidates. If we have five, that's nice. If we have five candidates. We'll go five uh, one night and five the other, and have two different debates, and then we'll have those available for everybody to read. And a lot more information coming soon with who these ten candidates are, and we'll try to get them on the show as well. We've had quite a few of them already. Um, probably could update. Probably could have an update here today or tomorrow on wisdomnews.com. Brad's writing away all these updates, I'm sure, in the in this in the uh, newsroom right now. And I've I've interviewed Jessica Olson, Mitch Reynolds, Greg Solarius, and somebody oh, Vicky Markison. Those are and Chris Stolpa. I've interviewed those people on the show already as candidates for mayor. We've got a whole bunch of new names, so we'll see. We'll have to get them on. Uh get a hold of them somehow tomorrow tomorrow's show is as i talked about a little bit earlier the COVID 19 package that we're arguing about at the at the state level is you know eight and a half months into the pandemic our our state legislature has finally decided to meet in session but only because they had to do the the whole ceremony for you know the the new government essentially who's elected getting the new people in there uh, so, so this session, I feel like this session doesn't actually count, but it sounds like there's going to be a session Thursday. So we can finally say the end, the eight and a half month run where our state legislature just doesn't do anything. <laughs> and some people maybe are happy about that. Like, Hey, no government's good government. And sure. Except that we're in a pandemic and maybe the government should just be doing something. And if they're not going to do anything like they haven't for the past eight and a half months, and we're all struggling with money. The easy thing is to just be like, okay, well, give that salary back then. <laughs> Which is, and I joke with Steve Doyle. With Steve Doyle was on yesterday, if you want to listen to that, wisdomnews.com slash podcast. But I joked with him in the past. The the last time these, the uh, legislature had a 30-second session, they just gaveled in and out. We're all going to come to Madison to have this session on policing bills. And we're just going to gavel in and immediately out of the session without discussing anything, even though you all drove here. And we caught Steve Doyle after he got home from Madison pretty upset. And I was like, well, maybe we should start paying you guys by the hour instead of salaries. And we'll make you punch in. We'll have we'll we'll ha- we'll get one more job in, in Wisconsin. We'll hire somebody to uh oversee the hours, make sure that you're not fudging your hours, make sure we're you you when you say you were on the clock, you were on the clock and maybe maybe have some proof to what you were doing. Because I just don't, I just don't understand. If we're not meeting in session, we're not passing any bills. We haven't passed a bill since April. 
that first COVID-19 relief package. But what are we doing then? We're not proposing bills? Is, is, is the, nobody, there's nothing to do in state government? Then why have a state government? We'll just have Evers run it all. And just he'll, he'll update us every once in a while on what's going on. And, and that's it. We can just, we, do we need the legislature and a Senate if, if we're not doing anything? Just eight and a half months, whatever. Um, so, but anyway, rant about that because uh, 95th Assembly District State Rep Jill Billings will be on tomorrow at 515. And we can kind of see, as Steve Doyle yesterday said, he's cramming what Republicans propose as a COVID-19 package. He was cramming that as when he got home. He was driving home from Madison yesterday. I am, and I'm sure Jill Billings is doing the same thing. She's probably cramming what this proposal is. And maybe it's going to pass the legislature because it's a Republican proposal and Republicans control the legislature. So that will pass. And then the governor is going to veto it probably. But maybe maybe if, if Democrats read this and go, hey, actually, this is this is pretty good. And businesses love this proposal because it like exempts them from any lawsuits due to COVID-19, even though there aren't really lawsuits due to COVID-19. And, uh, but then state health officials aren't too down with the, with the package. So, um, I don't know. It's just going to be a big fight. Evers is going to have to veto it. So we could just point to, you know, one side could point to Evers and say, Hey, he's not doing anything. He's vetoing a package to help people. And Evers can say, well, I, I proposed a package to help people and and you didn't sign off on it. Evers, I think Evers tried to, to propose the most bipartisan package, a trimmed down version of, of what maybe the state he thinks the state needs. And, uh, and it didn't, they, the Republicans and Democrats ignored it because Democrats proposed their own package. So whatever, like when you want to, if you want to point to Republicans and saying, Hey, they proposed, well, Democrats added to Evers package too. So we're all just going to do our own thing and nobody's going to, we got to figure it out and come together apparently, which has never happened. It hasn't happened in four years. Um, all right. Well, thanks. Thanks to Jason Belby for, for, uh, coming on just before to talk about this story with, uh, Connor, his name is Connor. They didn't put that in the, in the, in the post, but Connor Gelming and, uh, at Walgreens, somebody was stealing some stuff at Walgreens or accused of it. And, and Connor got the person to finally like show, show that, yeah, I, I was stealing this hat and gloves and, and he had the wherewithal to, to see that. And, and go, oh yeah, hat and gloves. Let me see. Why would you be stealing a hat and gloves right now in the in the in January? So he had to wherewithal to figure out that this person probably needs a hat and gloves. So he bought the hat and gloves for them. The store didn't press charges, and it all came about randomly. It's not like the the officer officer gentleman came out and said, hey, by the way, I did this. Look at me. Um, it was a random like body cam body cam check i guess they do that for for younger officers they just randomly check body cams every once in a while so they they happened upon this instance at instant at instance at walmart or walgreens and uh turns out to be one of pretty awesome story uh maybe it'll be an awesome story that ends up on the top 10 list but man it's going to be 12 months before we do that uh joe's calling in joe go ahead uh joe or eric yeah oh hey joe go ahead joe. getting a feedback here from you though Hey, I just wanted to say, you know, you're wondering about the legislature not doing anything. You yeah. know, they only do things for two reasons. One, to spend money, or one, to make money for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you can't pinpoint, you know, any type of, of legislation that they should have been doing, how that was going to make money for somebody, then it's not going to get done. 
Yeah, they I don't mean, go in there thinking, oh, let's go in and start doing what we should for our constituents, you know. It's, hey, let's do the most for the money makers. Let's do for the most for the people that have the biggest voices. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not for the little guy. So if there was anything that was supposed to get done for Wisconsinites in general, as in, you know, the average taxpayer, you can forget it. If there wasn't something that they could spend money on that would make some entity even more richer, you know, then maybe they'll be all on top of it. But uh, you're not going to see anything done for the average Wisconsinite. Sure. All right. That it, Joe? Yep. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, hard, hard to say. I mean, they haven't done anything for anybody in, in, the, uh, in the past eight and a half months. So um, I guess none of, none of those people that have all the money, according to Joe, need anything done right now because they're raking it in during a pandemic. I don't know. Uh, I think Eric is this. Eric? Hello. Okay. Maybe this one. Eric? No. Um, Hello. You there? No. All right. Good job. <laughs> Two Eric from Sparta's on the line, and neither of them answered. It's a new record. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Anyway, yeah, just the, uh, the idea that this officer from the La Crosse Police Department, I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome story. I, I, I don't have any comparisons to it. Um, and the, the one thing the police wrote though, it was something, something about, and there, when they released this, something about the, uh, the character of the officer is something you can't teach. The police department said, you can't teach this, an officer understanding that somebody was in need, they needed a hat and gloves, they were stealing it. And then that officer, this, first of all, the store didn't press charges. So good on Walgreens over there on, I think West Avenue. And then the officer, Officer Jelming, you know, understands like, oh, yeah, January, hat and gloves, probably someone in need. You know what? I'm just going to buy the hat and gloves because y- clearly you need those. And uh, just so the police department says it's a, like a character, character you can't teach or true compassion, a trait that cannot be taught is what exactly they said. But I'm like, maybe you can. I feel like you could teach this. I don't know. Like true compassion. Can can we teach compassion? I feel like I th- feel like it can be taught. I feel like when, especially when you publicize something like this, and and the and yeah, sure, it makes uh, it's a it's a little self serving. The police pub- publishing uh, this, putting the story out, and for us to talk about it, but it's also f- fine with me. It's great. I don't mind that, but also all other police officers can see what's happening here and and be like, oh, that that was pretty pretty good job by Jelmick. Uh, maybe I, I would have never thought to do that, but it is it does open some eyes, right? It does open some people's eyes and go, yeah, I would have never thought to do that. Uh, if somebody's hat and gloves, that makes total sense. Somebody's stealing food from, from the grocery store. Gee, why would they be stealing food? I don't know. Maybe because they're hungry and they don't have any money and they want to steal food, right? It makes a lot of sense. And I feel like this probably is happening more and more as we get deeper and deeper into this pandemic. Maybe we're coming out of it, but we're pretty deep into it right now. And, and uh, this is this is likely happening a lot where maybe the police and, and the stores that are, are getting stolen from probably come to this realization like, oh, yeah, this is uh, this is a problem. And on top of Jelming buying this person's hat and gloves, they also educate them a little bit. Hey, if you are in need of hats and gloves, winter coats, stuff like that, you can go here or there and, and, and this is how you get help. So 
Um, I don't know. It's pretty awesome. I, I appreciate him putting it out, even though it's a little self-serving. It's probably weird to put that out. And, and Melby even said, Captain Melby even said that Zhao Ming feels a little, you know, over, maybe overwhelmed. I don't know if overwhelmed is the right word, but uh, probably attention he doesn't want. If I did something like that, I'd be like, mm, I don't I don't really need that attention. It's fine. Whatever. What are we talking about? Of course I'd love that, that attention. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a couple of minutes left here, wrapping up the show. Of course, we got Eric. We got Eric for Sparta now. Phone mix up there. Eric's answering phones while calling a radio show. Oh, Eric, you can't answer your phone while you're trying to call into a radio show. I don't even know how you do that. Well, I got a beep on the phone, so I'm just calling, so I answer it. And actually, you know, I got a beep, beep, beep. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, I like Lacrosse Talk PM. I really, really do. But uh, I got to tell you, Rick. This uh, 10, 12 minutes about catching up on a T-shirt, then talking with a cop, then meandering on and on and on and on, and taking one call. Your program is so much more interesting if you take more calls. That's all I got to say. God bless you, man. I, I mean, I mean no harm. <laughs> you act like I'm not taking the calls, Eric. I'm taking all the calls. I took two empty calls from you. You weren't there. Uh, but but appreciate you always uh, constructively criticizing the fact that I'm not taking calls. Uh but I am. So if you want to call, you can call. You call every day. And anyone else who calls, I take them. Unless it's uh, like yesterday, I got three calls at 5.57. And I had 30 seconds. So I wasn't going to bring any of those calls on. So feel free to call. Feel free to text 608-785-7914. You can text any time of the day. If you call, you're not going to get through unless we're up, me or my case is on the air. Or I'm just sitting in here. Sometimes I'm just randomly in here working. Uh, most times, actually. But uh, but if you if you text, we're going to get those texts anytime during the day. And uh, I see Mike Hayes has got a whole bunch of texts to read tomorrow morning, which I believe he gets to. We'll see. He gets a lot more texts than me, to be honest. He's on three times as long as I am, though, too. I'm a little jealous that Hayes gets all the texts. But when you do the show for, I think Mike Hayes has been on the show for 75 years uh, you're gonna get a lot of t- you're gonna get a lot of uh, a following. Um, I did get I did get another text uh, from one of my friends. She's just uh, making fun of me, saying that I'm an attention hog. I was joking. I'm not really an attention hog. I would rather not be. Like sometimes the doing the show is a little nerve wracking because you're the center of attention. Obviously, when Eric yells at me for meandering for ten minutes, well, what am I supposed to do? That's the whole point. It's talk radio. I'm going to meander. And uh, it wasn't ketchup stains, Eric. It was spaghetti stains. Started the show talking. I just I hit a, I hit a high school memory, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate uh, the idea of eating spaghetti dinner right before they play a, in a sports game. We, for us, it was basketball, sometimes even football. I think we loaded up on like chicken soup before football games, which, okay, there's noodles in it, I guess was the thinking. But the, <laughs> that might even be worse than spaghetti, to load up on soup. Uh, right, be play, right before playing a, a high school football game. Um, if you're going to carb load, uh, do so at least the day before. And you really don't need to carb load for, for a sporting event, like a two-hour sporting event. You don't actually – you probably you probably could power through. But if you're going to run a 100-mile marathon, something like that, one of those ultra marathons, then feel free to carb load. I've had, I've had interviews with ultra marathoners and – uh, you know, they just run all day. They just never stop running for, for days. And uh, 
what what they do during the run. In fact, well, the the one I did interview, he ran from New York City to San Francisco, uh, and and ended up in Winona somehow uh, for a pit stop. I think maybe he was selling a book at that point. At that point, but uh, during his and he would break. He wouldn't run constantly. He'd he'd break at night, but or I think he'd break during the day. But anyway, so he would uh, he would carb load. Like eat, he would eat hamburgers like while while running, he would just stop eat a, eat a couple of hamburgers because he needed like tons and tons of calories. It was super interesting uh, the idea that how much how many calories those people would eat uh, just to keep going these ultra marathoners. And this guy was was more than that. He was he was a pretty prominent runner in terms of he ran through Death Valley from Death Valley to whatever mountain is there. So from the lowest peak to to maybe the highest peak in the United States, he was doing stuff like that. It was pretty interesting. Uh, can't remember his name, though, because go figure. So, all right, that's going to do it. Jill Billings on tomorrow. We're going to talk about that COVID-19 package in the state legislature. Thanks for listening.